You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. All right, it's Saturday morning, and I'm in Pasadena. I just pulled up at Kevin Lyman's house to do this podcast. I'm recording this on my trusty H6 uh, recorder that I'm going to pop in there and do the interview with. We just played last night in Los Angeles. I'm in Pasadena this morning, and Kevin was nice enough to invite me over to his house to do this podcast. So we're going to go in, and hopefully he's nice and can get me a cup of coffee, and we'll uh, we'll get started on this episode. Thank you for supporting me on the Amazon link. I get checks from them now every month because you guys have bookmarked that and saved it as a real uh, as a real way to support me. It works really good. All you have to do is make sure that's your gateway, that link that's on my website. And then anytime you go to Amazon and shop without even thinking about it, you'll be supporting this podcast. So very much appreciated. And also anybody that uh, wants to actually pay money or has paid money for this show, you can do that at my website too. I think that's a great way to do it. Whatever you think it's worth, you go you go to breakitdownpod.com and you can find the Amazon link and the other contribute link. All right, here we go. Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. 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 Yeah. I am thrilled to uh, be here. To for I really appreciate you having me yeah. over to your place. Yeah, That's no problem. A, no problem. That, it's cool. In your neighborhood, it's just something else. Like for me, coming from. Uh, where I grew up, and I just grew up in on a dirt road in South Carolina, like right, in the, part, how, the woods. Where were you? Um, rural place, you know, probably forty-five minutes north of Greenville. Oh, okay. So between yeah, Atlanta we and out, Charlotte, you were out but, there. Yeah, it was. It was it's, I grew up in the place that's known as the dark corner, where people just hid to dodge yeah. draft, and it just got its own. <laughs> it's, it's in the mountains for sure, kind of up right. there. And like, like I said, a dirt road was not really. I didn't even have a street address where I grew right. up. All right. And so to to come to a neighborhood like this, it just looks like like it's on TV. Like the trees alone here just look like something out of yeah, Avatar nice. to it's, me or something. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of nice. We came out from uh, Claremont, which is East mm-hmm. Bob, where the probably you probably played the Glass House before. Yeah. So we grew. I grew up out there, and then we came here because I was doing a bunch of work on the West Side. Kind of, I had to get back and forth, and it was too far. And this was like an affordable place back mm-hmm. then, and you could get property. We used to have two acres out in Claremont. And then coming here, at least we were able to get a four to a half acre, but without your neighbor right on top of you. Yeah, well, you know, it's just, uh, I think the thing about it is like, California's so represented on TV, and but we don't, you know, we don't, it just it looks like a, a made up place. And you come see it, and it's Disneyland. And it's <laughs> well, like you know, this. you have this neighborhood, it's really, it's a unique, eclectic place of houses that could be anywhere in the country. And they do a lot of filming up here. Mm-hmm. There's always. So you recognize stuff all yeah, the time. Yeah. And you're always like, some people are like, oh, we don't be. And I go, it's bringing jobs. You know, it's just like concerts. Right. You know, I said, you know, yeah, they're going to park on the street and things like that. But it's jobs. Yeah. You know, the, we are a place of jobs. In this neighborhood, it brings business to the neighborhood. So. The other way to look at it is they, oh, they'll keep going to Albuquerque. 
and like Breaking Bad, and those people are glad Ex- to have it. Exactly, you know? exactly. They, they take over that town. We've been there and visited and seen the house and everything. They get a ton of tourism traffic just from that show. Yeah, and people uh, they've turned it into a cottage <laughs> industry up there, yeah. similar to like in South Carolina with uh, uh, in, the, in the Garden of Good and Evil. You mm-hmm. know, that was in, in the Savannah. Garden. Yeah, Savannah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they uh, oh Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, yeah. it's a border. That's right, right on the border. Yeah, right at the border. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, but they turn that into exactly. a cottage industry. You know, so. Exactly. Yeah. The um, it's, I I think uh, it's weird too. From as many times we've been on tour to be out in California and stuff. When we when we we tour all the time, but it's always in cities. So right. when I get the chance to go out somewhere residential and see how people, yeah, that's what I always say. Everyone, go, God, you get to travel. And I go, yeah, I've seen like the best parking lots in America. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes. Exactly, which is it's neat. I, you know, I'm a I'm a city centric guy now. I love urban centers. I live in Seattle mm-hmm. in like an urban place, and I think yeah, well, Seattle's you know, on fire with that tech. That whole, you know, the north side of town there. Yeah, it's a pain for me to live in a place where it's super expensive, where I'd make the same money if I lived in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. Because I don't make any of my money locally. Yeah, that's what I, you know, that's where I'm kind of thinking maybe I need to go (laughs) middle of nowhere pretty soon here. (laughs) Well, that's something. But, uh, you know, coming to somebody's house, I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's it's, it's a a lot better than doing these things over the internet. All right. Um, I want to, I want to just, I'm real interested in in the way that you think and the kind of ways that you run warped and, and, and uh, stuff like that. But it occurs to me, really, that you kind of have some hybrid of a, of a life that I'm, I would get the strong sense that you really are, have a lot of gratitude for, for the way that, that it is, but that you get to do something that seems very uh, creative and fun, and you get to be successful and run, run business and you know, yeah. Well, I think that goes that was goes back to the roots of like where I started in the business. Uh-huh. You know, um, I was working in Hollywood. Like you can, you know, you see all the movies about the Sunset Strip, uh-huh. the punk scene of California. I mean, I got involved right around that time, mm-hmm. and I was really working really hard. I mean, three hundred twenty shows a year, stage managing, doing promoter rep work around Los Angeles. But I always, every night, drove back to Claremont, uh-huh. which is east of LA, and it was a very kind of quiet. Kind of similar to a neighborhood here, but a little more community. Mm-hmm. We lived in the mountains, so I'd always wake up in a quiet, calm place, and then drive back into the city almost immediately. Sometimes, but if you had that hour of grounding, yeah. So I always look at it being grounded, and I think you know my home life is that grounding. As you see, there's you couldn't walk in this house and think anyone worked in the music business. You haven't mm-hmm. seen anything that you know resembles the music business, and I kind of keep them, even though. We've had great parties here. We had the sheriffs here for our Christmas party. When awesome. We had this awesome hybrid band, and I was having so much fun. And I'm like, it's awesome. Everyone loves loud, great music. And he's going, well, you want to go to jail? And I'm like, nah. You know, so. <laughs> but it was like, a, you know, it was, it's great getting music. It was like the AgriLights and Hepcat. And then we just had guest singers, and everyone was jumping up and singing. And, and uh, so we only, like, people know I'm in this industry, mm-hmm. but... We don't, you know, you couldn't tell when I'm here. And yeah. usually when I'm over, when I'm here, I, it's it, you just, it's family, you know. But then we can go in, you know, I do my business and anyone sees me out in the parking lot, so I'm working hard. Um, I've, I've appreciated the job that I've had. Uh, I love that it's had music involved in it. I love music. And I really just love the sheer joy of seeing people, dis- the sense of discovery. Yeah. And if you've been to my tours through the years, uh, you've, you've been out on my mm-hmm. tours through the years, those kids come in and they're, you know, you're playing for new fans, mm-hmm. you're, you're meeting new artists. So it's even a sense of discovery for artists being on my tour. Oh, I, I, it, absolutely. I mean, it's like, a, I mean, people compare Warped Tour, for instance, to like school. I mean, it's kind of an apt analogy, I think, as far as, wow, there's the 
the upperclassmen or the people that have been there before, the people that have been punk music history, and there's just some times bands blowing up, and you're you're there, and it's the first time you've seen a production on that level, and it's every day, and it's executed, and then there's it's even got its own culture, which is you know like mm. it's got its own really very unique culture. So for us, it was a, definitely like a, a learning thing and uh, an eye opening thing and a discovery thing, even as artists. For and sure, and that's what I like doing. It's it's I, you know I like being able to teach and educate. Because I think that would have been my other path, probably. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of that now with my mm-hmm. flying in and out of schools and teaching. You know, I'm going out to North Carolina next uh, next week to North Carolina yeah. State. I've got a, a gig there. I was in Minnesota last week, so I kind of blend that teaching. But I look at that now as you know, I'm not out with my peers. You know, I, it's I, when I started Warp Tour, it was my friends. Uh-huh. It was basically Bad Religion. You know, No Effects is the Pennywise. Those are mm-hmm. the guys that I grew up with, and they're still. They're the people you'll come to my house and see barbecuing. Right. You know, uh, they're, they're over here once in a while. And we can, we were, it was a different thing back then. It was like, we, we, were, I, we were all learning to support each other so we could make a living yeah. and do what we did. And uh, now it's more, I'm out there, you know, as a mentor or as a disciplinarian, <laughs> uh, it, it's a little more, it's a little lonely out there at time because, you know, it's, it's strange. I'm not, you know, sometimes you'll see me out. I still go out once in a while and do a nice barbecue for everyone. But really, I'm out there to try to help keep the scene going. Right. And, and, and prospering in, you know, and still don't understand why this, I do know why, but wish this music got played on radio, got played, because it is well, so the, important. The interesting thing of what you just said there is just when you say this music. So to yeah. me, like I said, growing up where I grew up, what punk music is, is just the weirdest thing, because I didn't grow up even where close to it. I, I saw punks in movies. I thought it meant you have a green mohawk and you yeah. do crime. You commit crime. That's what I thought <laughs> yeah. punk was, yeah. but I was into I got into music. I think that's what they thought the first time I took it on the road, too, <laughs> that we were just well, yeah. going to start going to And so crime. I never understood it, and then when we started our band, and then we moved, we were just doing heavy music that we were trying to copy off what was on radio. We didn't even know about indie music, to tell you the truth, when we started doing music. And we came then we came to the West Coast, and stuff was fast, and it was punk and stuff like that, and we are like, I, I don't even know what this is. We didn't have any ties to punk no. culture. And then by the time our band was formed and signed and we put out a record, people were like, yeah, Emery's this punk or post-punk band or in the punk lineage. I was like, well, that sucks. I don't even know what that is or what, you know, I'd start to pick up on it at that time. Yeah. And it's taken me uh, a long time to, to really get a grip on the history of it. But the one thing that I identify about punk um, is the very, the hands-on and the DIY. That's completely natural to me. Everything I've ever done is kind of anti- authority system and do it myself and figure it out and do it in community. Turns out that's what punk seems to be all about. Punk is technology without making the money. We're we're disruptors, you know? know, It's a technology business. I learn a lot from that world, but we were disruptors. And I think I, that's, if I have to go back and if someone says, you know, label yourselves. Can you describe? Mm-hmm. I go. I was a disruptor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were disruptors when we started. When we were doing punk shows, and no one wanted us to do their shows. Right. When we started packaging bands, then yeah. we were disruptors. When we would put metal and mm-hmm. punk bands. This is back in the eighties. Yeah. We would do this stuff, and I think when I, you know, always was trying to do something different. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to do things different. Uh, but warped was. It's a DIY is a big yeah, part of you, yeah, right? Like yeah. you're hands on with with a lot of stuff. Yeah, a it's lot not... of people go, why haven't you taken that big check from you know AG or Live Nation mm-hmm. or something? And I just go, you know, I, I it's never. I'd feel weird doing it. Mm-hmm. I may, you know, I would have to do it if I was meant to survive to take care of sure. my family. But so far, I've been able to navigate and figure out how to keep doing it on my own. 
And that's really what punk is, I think. I think we're always trying to figure out, you know, it's not how we look anymore. It's not what right. we're doing. It's yeah. that we actually get to love. It's certainly not the sound even of the music. Is so. No, I mean, you know, Katy Perry to me was punk when she started out, uh -huh. when she was out on Warp Tour. She was doing stuff so different. And she came, and I, I put her on Warp Tour because I felt she was more punk. Mm -hmm. And then look what she grew it's into. It's just disruptive and stuff. Yeah. I have the spirit of that, I can see for sure. And then it's even boiled down now to where, and I, I know you're aware of this, but it, it comes up all the time. It, it's not even punk. Really, there's a whole umbrella of music, and it's a giant industry, and it's the scene and all this stuff. But the best description for the big umbrella of all the music that everybody, I mean, it's, it's warped bands. It's warped music. And that right. is even way bigger than punk or metal or emo yeah, or all know, those things. The fact that that has become a, a like, it's not a genre musically, but it's an umbrella of a very cohesive, and you know what you're talking about when you say warped bands. So. And the thing I don't, you know, the only time I get a little bump is like when people, when they kind of downplay if it's called warp, oh, they're a warp band or whatever. Uh -huh. There's a lot of warp bands that have had 20, 30 year careers now. Of course. Um, a lot of bands wrong? that wish they could get on warp. <laughs> yeah, be, wish know, they could so be warp. I think some people dismiss that, you know, and then some bands go, oh, we don't want to play warp because that, but I'm like, you know, you come out to that platform. My, Brett Gurowitz described it from Epitaph really well. Mm -hmm. Because we get under the warped umbrella. Right. Everyone gets under for the summer. Right. Half a million kids come out. Yeah. You get a chance to, to play for a lot of people. And it's not necessarily. Stealing other fans, but you're attracting fans. Yeah, you're bringing them into what you're doing, and it grows what you're doing. So some of these bands that are like maybe very, I'm going. It's important for political bands to be on work tour, or whatever. Just come out there mm -hmm. because my background was more of a activist type situation. Uh -huh. But you know, come out, and you know what? You're going to attract these kids. These kids are going to come see you. That might not just come see you if you were doing your own show. Yeah, of course. Oh, it's a huge growth uh, growth yeah. thing as so, well. But you know the the and the amount of different thought and stuff that you're exposed to is incredible. Like I think the most valuable thing to me is the thing I've been in the, around the world. I've seen all these cities. I've met all these different kinds of people and all these kinds of cultures. But Warp Tour is man. It's a lot of that packed into just one day. You, yeah, you, you get people that are politically all over the place and no effects and under oath and everything right. like that. It's just and and I think it's. I always say it's Warp in a lot of ways, is a lifestyle fair. Mm -hmm. It's like that county fair. Mm -hmm. You know, you grew up in South Carolina. I'm sure your family took right. you to the fair <laughs> when the big fair came. And it was, you know, pig races and tractor pulls and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I love going to the fair for that. Mm -hmm. But then Warped Tour is that lifestyle fair that comes to your town one time, one day, yeah, once a year, where you get to go and and most likely started tr finding like-minded people. Yeah, exactly. Started making lifelong friends. Um, Warped wasn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I think sometimes, you know, I think even last summer, I, I've started, this is a big refocus year for Warped. Mm -hmm. uh, How so? Just ref I think I was getting all over the place, trying to uh, uh, appeal to, or, you know, satisfy everyone. Right. And I've realized that you're not going to make everyone happy. I'm okay with that. You're not going to make everyone happy. Uh -huh. You do your best each day, and then you go to the next day. So who have you decided to not try to make happy this well, year? Well, you know, it's, you know, we're going, you know, maybe we're not going to have EDM on Warped okay. Tour this year. You know, I can't, those kids have what they do. Right. Will there be bands like, you know, I See Stars or something that have mm -hmm. some EDM influences? Mm -hmm. Possibly, you know, things like that. Uh, but we were, we're going back. This year is going to be a very punk, pop punk, um, and heavier tour. Yeah. Uh, we've cut down the number of stages. Uh, we're going with uh, six 
big main stages. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to tell the difference between the stages now. Okay. And one stage with the labels uh, that we work with about thir- you know 13 labels. We do the majority of our business with mm-hmm. the rises, uh, right. you know, epitaphs, those type of labels. I gave them all a spot. And said, send us your best representation. Who's going to represent your label the best and potentially be the next headliner? Mm -hmm. Um, Just refocusing. And that's what you have to do with a brand. Any brand has to kind of adjust uh, over time. And I think our ability to adjust to this point has allowed us to be here for 22 years. Yeah. 22 years. That's something else, man. So when... uh the first year we were on it and did the whole thing was 2005. And that one is... That was a big one. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. How, I mean, for me, it was obviously a big one. And I don't know how it compares overall in numbers and stuff. But it was something about that lineup of bands that weren't even as big as they were about to be that made that one incredible. I tried to remember. I wrote them down as uh, ones that the bands I could remember that were on there. I, was, I remember Atreyu, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, Dropkick Murphys, Fallout Boy, Gym Class Heroes, Motion City, uh, MXPX. My Kim was on there right before they were ultra huge. Offspring. I mean, it was right before Fallout Boy uh, yeah, got huge. Hawthorne Heights. Yeah, Hawthorne yeah. Heights was at their peak then. Well, what ended up happening? Transplants. That was our biggest summer of the year of ever. The biggest summer. The biggest of, summer of the whole year, and it was my hardest summer. Mm-hmm. It was. I had booked a lot of those bands a year ahead of time. Uh huh. Uh, Mike Kim and Fall Out Boy had played a few shows. They were in the van. They were one of those bands that was out there in the right. van. Yeah, we were playing around. shows with them at small venues and, at, uh, you know, at that time. And I and I just felt this kind of like surge. You get that kind of surge. Like right now, I feel that that pop punk surge coming again. Uh-huh. You know. Um, so I booked all those bands a year ahead of time and said I'd love to play Warped Tour. Made a deal with them. Paid them more than they'd ever made at that point in yeah. their lives. Uh, which by the time they went out on Warp Tour, everyone's like, "Oh, you underpaid." Underpaid, but you know, it's out. not underpaid. It's like they could have. A lot of bands come on Warp Tour that don't amount to anything, and they yeah. get paid. You know, everyone gets paid, um, and that was the year I call it the year of uh, TRL. Mm-hmm. TRL was a huge TV show, MTV yeah. TRL, and all these kids were sitting around at home watching TRL, and TRL really got behind. You know these bands. Yeah. They started with these bands, and all the they were all on Warp. So all these kids got off the couch one day a summer to come to the Warp tour, right? And they weren't ready for Warp tour. They were more radio pop driven kids. I call them, you know, the radio kids that like, you know, they weren't ready for nine hours. In so the what, sun. what were the problems? Well, they weren't physically. You have to be kind of physically up to par too. You know, so Warped Tour okay. was based on skating and things. Yeah, okay. So you probably had more active so the, kids. The, the, the heat and the, 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 these kids. And they were all listening for that one hit song at that point yeah. because they, all those bands had a big song. And they'd stand there. They didn't go to the bathroom. They didn't eat. Like I thought, you know, we could have passed out Depends in the front yeah. row. Like they would have been better, the kids, you know. Right. And uh, they passed out. Literally, it was brutal. Uh, the the medical, I don't know if you remember, Sugar Cult was on that tour. Yeah. You know, it was... I don't know if you remember the side of the stage. It's just the kids, like so many, so many medical situations mm-hmm. that summer um, that we got done with the summer and everyone, you know, I guess, you know, you judge, most people in life judge by financial successes, all they're judged by. That's not how I judge myself. I, I make a better living than I ever thought I would in my uh-huh. life, but I don't, I haven't taken advantage of the scene. I always think punk rock would kick you out if you try yeah. to jack them, you know, and, and I, everyone was my part. Oh yeah, they're high five. And I go, wait, this is bad. This could be the end of Warp Tour. Yeah. One, because we alienated some of the, the fans so much. We had these kids that if we don't have this 
they didn't, I don't think they had the experience. They weren't ready for Warp Tour. And then the following year, I came back with a real underground mm-hmm. package with Helmet and yeah. Under Oath. So at one point, we had like five or six bands in the top 20 on the Billboard charts yeah. on Warp Tour. The following year, we had one in the top 200, and that was Under Oath. Wow. So it was that reset year. Yeah. We had a great year, and it was awesome music. But I just remember I spent most of my summer in the barricades with really bad knees, and I had yet, you know, hadn't had all my surgeries yet. I was in pain all the time, oh, worried about these kids. It, you know, that's, you know, you want these kids to come to the show and be safe, just like I want you guys to get home from tours I'm uh-huh. on. And when that tour was over, I was so happy because it, we made it through, but it was, you know, I just remember, you know, all my stage guys, the barricade guy, we were so exhausted because every day we were spending mm-hmm. six, eight hours in barricades pulling kids out and giving them water and taking care of them. And, but that's where we developed a lot of those things you see on Warp now that are natural, the big fans by the yeah. side of the stage, the tents. Um, we think we developed some of the ways to help kids at festivals yeah. right then, as now we have so many festivals out there. Back then, medical would just set up way back in the far corner. We said, no, you need to be by the stage. Give them water, proactive, ice, right uh, away, proactive. Yeah. And you know what? That's what the majority of, of, of medical around the country, and I think they, that warped under fire that summer was uh, kind of changed some of the modes <laughs> that, of, uh, of, of festival. It makes me feel real guilty about what I want to talk about next is adding to your stress that summer because I don't know if you remember this or not, probably with all that you were dealing with, but that was the summer where, where we, where Emory ran into some trouble and, and we, were, we had a issue with some laminates and uh, oh. had to come deal with you directly and you suspended us for four days for um, yes, counterfeit yes. laminates. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember yeah, that? Now, now, now that you remind me. But, <laughs> the best, but I always say with band, the best thing about my life is I really try to put that stuff away. It's I don't hold it personally. Well, I want to explain it to our fans as people <laughs> ask about it. We, we joke about it a lot from time yeah. to time. I don't know if you remember it, but it was a real profound memory for me. Well, but I think Lisa Brownlee was involved. Well, it was Ray and Smart Punk. Oh, Ray. Oh, yeah. Ray. Smart Punk Ray. Okay, so we were on Smart Punk that right. year, and uh, I, we were so happy to be there. Like, we didn't, like... Uh, we were just like super stoked yeah, to be that's there. When it was on the picnic table. Yeah, it was, it was amazing and yeah. stuff. So we felt like honored and special to be there. And then it was all these big bands, all this big stuff was happening, and everything was so official. And uh, we would have we would turn in guest lists to Ray and stuff. And it was we were older and we had wives and right. a bunch of people coming out in and out a bunch. And so we were like, um, I think if I remember this, it went down at like the in North Carolina, it was Atlanta, in, in Atlanta, right. Atlanta, or somewhere yeah. in the yeah the southeast. And so we yeah, kept okay. turning in the things, and sometimes. We'd be late, and we felt. I felt like I was like, we we felt like we were bothersome to just try to get guest passes, right. and so we just we took the laminates we had and made a couple extra copies yeah. for our wives and stuff, yeah. and had them, and that's all when they would come, and so uh, and so then one time somebody came that was a friend that we didn't know as well, and they wound up with one of those. <laughs> that's was, what I think happened. He and somebody up on spotted stage it. Or we weren't, yeah, yeah, of course we weren't selling yeah. or anything. Somebody we, we didn't had know no he idea. walked on yeah. stage, and we shouldn't, have, of course, never right. done that. Yeah, okay. and then Ray. Ray calls me and says, oh, we got a major problem here. And I was like, oh, I was like, right. you, you need to come meet me and Kevin right now. I was like, well, this is this no. was one of the scariest moments. And everybody oh, I was like, exactly. well, here everybody, we go. And I marched down there and I just said, I am so, Ray, Ray was like, man, why? Yeah. He was just so disappointed. So funny, person. you know, He's Ray's like, my big, my production manager on everything now. Good, I he love does Ray. All He's big giant tours. <laughs> Ray's uh, did Mayhem. He's mm-hmm. doing to get ready. We're, I love we're that announcing guy. Taste of Chaos next week. He'll be out on that tour oh, all summer terrific. for us. And, but I felt so yeah. bad for oh, disappointing yeah. you guys. And yeah. I think the people had thought maybe we were selling them or something. It was nothing like that. But well, still, a really dumb decision. Well, we used to have a lot of problems yeah. with that. You know, um, people selling them fake lamb. You know, it's so funny. Even yesterday, one of my crew guys, and he's working on another show. 
posted his laminate he was just given for this weekend's festival uh-huh. he's working on and put it on Instagram. So in the office, we showed, we, it took five minutes to make a duplicate. Yeah. And then I called him and I said, hey, I'm sending you a copy of a pat. You need to get your photo down because the guys you're working for, Ray, uh-huh. Ray's the production manager on it. And the, John, my other partner, probably wouldn't look too kindly if mm-hmm. all of a sudden these start showing up, your laminates start showing up this weekend. Look, everyone makes mistakes. That's why I didn't kick people out. Everyone goes, you don't kick. And I go, look, but people have to, you have to have some semblance of order out there. You have a thousand people on the road. Yeah, there has to be some semblance of order. It's the last thing I want to do. Uh-huh. And you know, it's like this year. You know, it's 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 bands. You know, the volumes. You know, everyone talks about them getting kicked off the tour for a few days. And I don't want to screw up people's careers. Yeah. But it's also you know, it's a it's it's really you know, you're moving a big army of people sure. down there. Yeah, and you're trying to allow this kind of freedom of warp tour. It's still a pretty free, you know, open society yeah. out there. Yeah. There's a lot of openness. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do remember now that you bring it back to me, but I, I don't try to do that, hold it in in and there's some bands coming back this year yeah. who have been in trouble on tours, I guess, with me. And mm-hmm. people go, you know, in my office they hold grudges a little longer, maybe. Or, yeah. or their memory's not as as like mine. And I go, look. Here's the thing. Everyone can change. Mm-hmm. You know, I just did a thing where we had that movie, No Room for Rockstars. Right. And Christopher Drew was talking about how he would never do Warp Tour. And he would, you know, which I like to call, I, I, Christopher come, comes over and he, he's been to the, you know, and I, I like to give him a little bit of a hard time. And I say, you know, back then your band should have been Never Say Never because when he said he'd never play the Warp Tour. Yep. And I realized, and I knew where he was at his life at 19 years old. And he was just frustrated. He was tired. He was hurt, you know, uh, Took some pain pills, or too, probably too many because mm-hmm. of his injury on the road and tried to, he should have gone home probably and taken care of himself. And when I, you know, you bring him back out on tour. I think when there's talent there and people say things when they're 18, 19, 20 years old yeah. that you don't make your lifelong decisions then, you know, wait till you're my age and then burn the bridges and mm-hmm. burn the towns down behind them. Well, you were quite, quite gracious to us. You could have full rights kicked us off and made yeah. us look bad or everything. But yeah. we came back a few days back, later. And, and you've been a few tours since. You haven't, it's, you know. You we haven't done it in a, in a bit. We'd, yeah, like, been a we'd while, like to yeah. do it. But that's the next thing I'm real curious about is like, I mean, and I'm not trying to undercut it or overblow it, but in a very specific way, you have a tremendous amount of power that's a very specific kind of power to to all the bands that 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 want to be involved in this to where you know it's the the way it feels to the whole every everybody out there and as long as I've been doing this, everything goes uh talk about warp tour oh well you gotta ask Kevin or Kevin this or that like you are it's very clear that you are very tuned in you know all the band's names and you mm. like uh it's so I didn't know yours me. this morning it was like no, that's a, <laughs> that was like complete, complete confused complete, I had a mental lapse this morning because <laughs> I thought it for, yeah and then I yeah sorry but so. <laughs> but but you're very tuned in to who is doing what and the, and it and it it comes across I don't know if this is intentional or not like like uh you're making the hands-on decisions about everything and every band and I wonder how does that feel do, do you know knowing that people are, ooh I've got FaceTime or I've got a meeting with or I'm going to go over to see Kevin like it it's, it seems like it's always your decision does that feel yeah, like a know, weight whenever believe, people are around you like it's, they're trying to manipulate you do they want it, to, you know it is in some way you know yeah. but it, you know it's I've learned that you have to make decisions uh-huh. a lot of decisions in life you're not going to be our pop not the most popular mm-hmm. you know I've had to make some decisions that are not the most popular but you make a decision and live by it yeah. That's kind of what's the punk motto, you know? You live and die by your own decisions. Uh-huh. Uh, with Warped, it's, it's very unique because I still love Warped. I still 
in my blood, you know. I'm, but I'm, you you don't hide behind like, well, I have to talk to the people or the committee is no. going to decide this or it's not. It's out of my hands. I mean, no. And I think at this point, it gets to the point. If I ever said that, yeah, it, people are going to go bullshit, call bullshit <laughs> on it because they've known I made that decision mm-hmm. for so long. When decisions are taken out of my hands or I have to wait on others' decisions, it's the hardest in my life, mm-hmm. you know. And you sit there sometimes and you have to wait on decisions. Um, you know, I. So I just make them, you know, and, and you make them right or wrong. And, and it's tough, but... You, you know, don't feel, though, like used by people. Like, you know they want to have coffee, but it's really just to put in about oh, their new baby abs- band. Absolutely. Like, that isn't, oh, like wow. I'm not... This this isn't a real recorder. I'm not even <laughs> no, recording. I'm just here to ask I you mean, to put Emory on next year. I mean, year. <laughs> absolutely. Come on. It's 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 our business, you know. Um, it's, it's There's a lot of really... There's some great... Like, like I always... Everyone goes, well, how can I... And I go, look, I invite my friends over to barbecue. Mm-hmm. I can do business with anyone. Sure. And the more I've learned, it's just business. It's a great business, but a lot of things you have to do, it just becomes about business. I was always like, well, I don't want to offend this person or do this thing or, or wow, you know, I was always, because I was that sure. guy that was like, you know, I was a dot, I was probably, you know, if you took your psychological profile and everything, you know, you know, people are always going to say, like, you know, my wife could tell you all kinds of crazy stuff, but, but it's, it's, I've really realized that, you know, I've got, I'm doing what's, I think is better for the whole of this scene in the yeah. long run. And you're okay with saying that even to people's faces and stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be interested in that band just because yeah, I don't think it's you know, a good and, fit. And that's where I kind of got yeah. this year, and I took a little bit of pressure off myself, and I think it's going to work out, because the hardest bands to book on Warp Tour are the smallest bands. Because uh-huh. there's so many bands at that level. Not, you know, mm-hmm. the bands that are doing clubs, and everyone's out there working hard. The, so this year, it was really about, like, okay, I needed to focus on those main stages who sell the, the bring the kids in so mm-hmm. I can have. And that's where I went back and said, I need to vest the labels a little more in this, get them involved, engage them. Uh-huh. And, and I also realized that the type of music I'm listening to, I mean, bands speak to a generation. You know, I don't want to be, I'm never going to be that person because I can understand. I never judge when old punk people go, oh, those bands don't like, you know, pierce the veil, sleep, sleep. Mm-hmm. I go, they're singing the same way that you sang to us or bad religion sang to mm-hmm. us or the circle jerk sang to us. Um, when a day to remember or pierce the veil is singing to a 16, 17, 18 year old and you look at their faces, they have that same look we had. Yeah. And don't judge that music. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was on the phone call. The other, I always get on these phone calls and someone goes, well, the older people, you know, they say the Warped Tour is not what it was. I go, well, that person's probably turned 28. They got locked into a certain type of music that they're going to like for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's probably not for them right now. But you know when it can become back to the, when the parents come with their kids. That's right. Yeah. Then we, the, and the parents, I, I'm, I love when a dad's come up to me and go, wow, I just saw it every time I die. And this guy's like 45 years old. He's never seen him. He's brought yeah. his kid to the show. And now he gets it. He gets yeah. it. Or he watches these bands and I get, it's the parents coming up to me and go, I get it. Because you're not, there's a moment you're not going to get it. Yeah. And I know that exact time frame, pretty much within a couple of years, mm-hmm. when you just don't get it. And you might not get it the first time coming. Warp's not for everyone. It's different. You have to, I always thought it was for the thinking, creative kids. Because you don't get your schedule handed to you. You don't get your intermission. You don't get this. You have to come in that show ready to go. Yeah. And what's exciting to me and what I still focus on is from 9 o'clock in the morning 
till one o'clock in the afternoon, getting those kids in to come and see your bands getting play, yeah. getting people into that venue. Because if I can get those kids in, because we overwhelm the venues, you know, you've seen it. The floods, 90% yeah. of the kids are there right at doors yeah. where it's reverse of all music. Oh, it's a right. disruption. When you're coming to go see Ozzy Osbourne, people start trickling in. That's right. Right until he plays, knowing he's going to play last. So it's the venues don't, don't even. Yeah, get we have it. To, it, we're on we the to whip. coach them up it, and everything. It's like whipping on those in the yeah. morning, and I know that if I can get everyone in, the kids are stoked. It starts the day right, and then you know around one o'clock, two o'clock on a good day, I can grab my bike and go for a little bike ride. Mm-hmm. Or on a crappy day when I have to go up and start looking at the weather because that's going to be my decision when we start and stop shows to keep kids safe. Then I just go sit in the middle of a parking lot and start looking at the clouds. <laughs> That's cool. So is it, you know, it's obviously very, very year round and you do other, other stuff as well, but, uh, what, what is the, is there a busier time of year than other than, than gearing up for itself? Is there like a, no, no problem. Not a problem. Hey Matt, I'm doing a podcast. I got to call you back. Okay. Not a problem. Um, but is there, is the off, is it, a ton of work all the time, or do you have time to do you know other stuff? Well, Is the, what's the low part of the year for you? Uh, well, you know, we take a three a few weeks off off after the mm-hmm. tour. I'd let everyone go tell them to ground themselves. It's mm-hmm. a tense period, you know, yeah. for my small crew of people, the Kates, and then you know it's Julie. How many people? How many people do you have? Well, full time at the office, uh, you know, we have the between the entertainment institute mm-hmm. things we're doing about six or seven now. You have six or seven full time, and then a big staff for the tour. summer. Yeah, we yeah. ramp up. You know, we're hiring a couple hundred people now between bus drivers, truck drivers, yeah. crews, stage managers. Um, so everyone disappears. But my int- most important time is from about September first until Halloween. Mm-hmm. That's booking season. And I still believe that everyone should have an open door policy to come over to the office, talk about your bands. That's the labels come part, over, yeah. we play music, kids <laughs> show up with guitars. You know, that's where Echo Smith walked in with their guitars a few years ago. Wow. And started playing. And I just saw the spark. I look at her and go, whoa, young. Mm-hmm. Is she a warp? Yeah, she's warped. I, I love that. That spirit, punk spirit, walking with a guitar, good songs. I go, wow, she's going to be in a couple of years. Yeah. Get her into the war. And those, in about two years, as they grow into being who they are, yeah. it's going to be pretty intense. And they've done pretty well. A couple of years on Warp Tour, and now they're off on their own doing all kinds of stuff. Do you like the, uh, the, the you know, the, I mean, you enjoy the working with and developing the staff and people? Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I really love the, you know, the, a lot of my crews early on were guys who maybe got in a little trouble when they were younger. Mm-hmm. They were the punk guys who went to jail. <laughs> we stayed out of jail because we were working so hard. Mm-hmm. And um, some of those guys, and they came, they got out, and I gave them a second chance. You know, it's like giving those bands a second chance. I gave those guys a second chance, and, and they're super loyal, and they super want to work for me. Um, the hardest thing now is so many kids want a chance to work on Warp Tour, yeah. and there are only so many jobs out there. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's that balance. I want some of my... I, I, some of my guys should probably retire and go on after this. Yeah. No one ever thought I was going to go to not retire from the visit, but they work for other. But everyone loves it's like family. But it's it's interesting cr- though because it's the I mean it's a business and everything, but it, it doesn't. There's not the the job descriptions are things that that the the positions that you have people full time employed mm-hmm. for you are are kind of ones that you've had to create and invent the roles and it's not like you say oh we need a this or this or this kind of admin this IT guy it's not like that no. like every other business this is a business even the business structure itself is a is creative in and nature. the and the and the people grow into their job you know yeah. Julie who runs our operations now 
didn't come over as an operations she, person. Right, exactly. I mean, she was coming over to help me a little bit, do a few things. She was working for a sponsor on Warped Tour. She was mm-hmm. super nice. I needed someone to help me you with find some of the, the travel talent and stuff. personality. And she just kind of rolled in, and she's now, you know, pulling together, you know, million dollar sound bids and truck bids and awesome or you know working on that matt malice who just while the phone rang there used to be the uh, we used to play in a band called the toasters Mm -hmm. and then he wanted he was kind of getting off the road and he became a road manager for lesson jake when i was managing them right and then i realized he needed to get off the road because you can recognize when people have been on the road too long yeah so i got helped him become an accountant well, man, I tell you what, the people that are, are high-capacity tour managers are some of the most valuable people. Like, if I'd have a big company, I'd want several of those people yeah. that have that skill. It's incredible yeah. Yeah. what they're able to do. But I always think that every musician, crew, you know, job and, and stuff like that is so tailored to a personality, like a tour manager, for instance. Yeah. Like, you can't want to be a tour manager if that's not your personality. No, and there's the people I mean, that are good tour managers would just drive them crazy if they didn't work as hard as they, they have to get it right. And, it's just and, part of the way they and are. And they're going to be a little more different. The tour manager is usually dealing with the artists, mm-hmm. and he's kind of insular with the artists. They, mm-hmm. I was a production manager. Yeah, I was not a great tour manager. And it's not all things, but... I didn't want to be a babysitter sometimes. Yeah. And when I was like, try to tour manage uh, Jane's Addiction or, or Bella's, it was like, pick up your bags, let's yeah. go. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they're standing there, you're doing, wait, yeah, guys, we're still- It's totally a different skill. It's a different but the skill. tour manager takes it personally. He's not just feeling um, like a babysitter in that moment. The tour manager's feeling like, these are my guys. Yeah. Like, he doesn't feel like he works for them. But, you know, it's not, it's not as- as it sounds when you say babysitting, it's like that tour manager really takes pride in informing, communicating to his That's guys. What they and do. even he, he would say he trains them and to not be as silly over time, even though they need babysitting. They do, and, and tour and managing was a skill I wasn't yeah. really good at. But I moved into production management, mm-hmm. and I was like, and that production manager has to have a different set of skills. Yeah. He'll communicate with the artist. When I was dealing as a production manager, it, it was like I had, I had Trent Reznor, uh-huh. I had uh, Stone Temple Pilots, and I had Perry Farrell all at one time that yeah. I was working with. They knew that I needed their undivided attention for 30 minutes a day, and I just needed certain answers mm-hmm. on sets, on lights, on certain things we're going to be using. Let them go do their thing with the, the tour. But we had 30 minutes a day where it was straight business. But then I had to turn around and start working with lighting companies, sound companies, mm-hmm. truck companies, crew, uh, caterers. Um, then I'd go have to work with the venues. Production manager's a little bit more like, well, let's see if we could find a, uh, like you wouldn't want anybody out of school. There's no credential. You know, you wouldn't want somebody yeah. out of a, a big school. It's like almost more of a, a general. Was yeah, is that kind of the that, way? That's what, yeah, kind a benevolent of, general. Or, or, yeah, benevolent, you know, or you know, logistics. You're, you're logistics. Logi- yeah. You're like the like I always thought I was like if I wasn't, I, I'd be a logistics person in the military, uh-huh. moving there vast go. amounts of things around and coordinating. Yeah. Uh, where you know you you kind of look at the kind of almost like the the. Road manager, the platoon leader. He's got his platoons, yeah. the band, and he's got to take care of That's those right. five people. That's and his, good. Everyone's there, and he's got to move that. Where the production manager has to look at all the logistics to get not mm-hmm. all the platoons across the sound platoon, the mm-hmm. light platoon, you know, platoon. Then you got to go into the local city and then curate or confiscate or procure, uh-huh. if you would, the lights, the sound, everything, the local stagehands, mm-hmm. the local citizens that help you build. The battlefield and the battlefield being the show. The the best thing about it is in this kind of business is that people find like a 
I think corporate structures and probably Google and these other companies are getting really good at like get, giving people resources. But in the business, what I like about it is, and people I work with, I don't really want to tell them what to do. I want them to find it, and they can find it over time what they're really good. You may start at one thing and then find what the real, you know. So I like to try to figure out how to empower up a crew person. It doesn't matter where you start. You'll find your way here. Or you'll find your way into this, that, or whatever. Versus yeah. go to school and train and for something have, or have, have a written. Then you, know. you have crew guys. You need like the nuclear engineer in the in the submarine. Mm-hmm. And that's your guitar tech. The guitar tech, yeah, yeah. They just they they, yeah. they just. Worse, they, how do you make a guitar tech crazy? Turn his case ninety degrees one day. Yeah, because oh, that's how saying. intense they yeah. are. And I was like, fuck, the Warp Tour is the worst for techs. Mm-hmm. You have noticed that? Oh, yeah. Oh, they just, I mean, they hate me, those guys. Yeah. And they, they're very it's vocal rough. about it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's funny how all these techs. Well, they're it. territorial about, my, this is my world. This is my you world. You hear that from they, them all the time. They like, hate, those guys But hate. you don't get a world. It's not your oh, world in Warp Tour. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, you know, but think about it. it. The techs, I watch, they hate me. Yeah. And, they, and they're usually the most vocal later on when, like, you know, they move on and work for, for the bands who started on Warp Tour, but when Fallout Boys doing arenas, and, the, and then I hear the band. Bad, the bad mouthing the warfare. I go, is it, oh, guitar tech. Oh yeah, it's like you know. <laughs> they, a certain class, so man. the guy who starts bad math, that's where I have some fun. The bad mouth, mm-hmm. the guy who bad mouths me on Warp Tour, they'll start out there, and that's not the, probably the best place to do it. Wait till you're out. Yeah, you're, wait till wait till you're gone, and then I don't care. But but the guy that I hear like with the most vocal, I always walk by his tent like talking to someone, and I'll just blurt out, oh yeah, the storm's gonna be here at three o'clock, knowing that their sets like at you know two forty five, just. Even if it's clear sunny, that just I just planted in their mind that they're Dave. Like they're so yeah, they're kind of neurotic, but that they, that's to their advantage so much with what they do. Like yeah. that's part of their personality. Like sound guys are kind of let's see, they're kind of jerks. They're kind of a lot of, a lot of sound guys. Um, or I'm gonna see, see if I can say a stereotype here, and probably not your like long term warped crew yeah, guys. But I'm saying, guys are, uh, yeah. oh, if you meet a guy, a guy in a club that does sound, probably especially the house Miserable. guy, yeah. he's a he's an insecure, arrogant. He's that guy. Get guy. That's he's like that guy. A, I call him that guy. But but for some reason, those people are attracted to him. Maybe even good with sound. Now it's not good for your career. People yeah. get those edges rubbed off. But nonetheless, the sound guy brings that swagger or condescending yeah. thing. At least in at, at, that's at the clubs, you see yeah. that a lot. And that's when I worked in the clubs. I said mm-hmm. I never wanted to become that guy. Right. And that guy that bums everyone's night out. Right. He's they're not. You need them. That's what it always feels like when you're just starting trying to house yeah. hire sound guys. Like they're a huge bum out, high maintenance, and but you need them. Yeah. <laughs> and then the real pros are, are awesome. And then yeah, and, and that's where like warped is yeah. different. Rat sound, who's been doing I've been working with for thirty over thirty-five years now, mm-hmm. or thirty-five years. They are the best at festivals. Their guys are nice. I don't yeah. know if you remember, you know, I don't think you you had a different sound system than rap with smart punk. Yeah. But those guys know that we're working with young artists. We know that we're working with artists on the rise. They're there to help. Yeah. And it's awesome for them because so many of those guys have mixed out on warp tour. And are now mixing the bands that go on and do yeah. their own tours and start carrying their own mm-hmm. crews. They'll go h- hire the guys that work for Warped mm-hmm. because they met them there. You don't mind when people get hired no, on No, I totally want them yeah. to. I That's love, good. That's good. The best thing I love is when someone comes to me and goes, you know what, Kev? I appreciate everything you've done, but you know what? I got this offer. I got to go do it. It's good for them, man. Yeah. I, we have a, I have a guitar. My best guitar tech was somebody, and we started paying. We got him up to like $700 a week, and then uh, Death Cab called. And asked and asked for me for a recommendation of him. I was like to do a two shows. I was like, 
Sure. Yeah, go have fun. This is I know how this is going to go. So yeah. he goes, and they start paying him two grand a week yeah, and uh, all these bonuses, and then, of course, took him on. Then he's stage manager, then LC sound system production manager, and uh, now he's teching for Eric Clapton. Yeah. So And that's well, what good you want. For, yeah, you, know? Him, yeah. you know, that's what you want. And any guy that's nice, that's what I tell yeah. all these guys in the clubs, because a lot of them would go, I remember Louie at the Whiskey would be like, why don't I get tours in this? I go, because you're an asshole. Yeah. When a band's in a van... Coming into the club, be nice to him. Yeah, I was, and I one time asked Stone Temple Pilots, "Why am I? Why did I get that gig for with you guys as production manager?" You know, I was handling the, I was handling production coordinator, so I had three production managers uh-huh. under me, pretty much. And they go, "Because you know what, you were cool to us when we played in the clubs. You were always helpful." Yeah. We oh, were, you can remember people we, playing his day. That we were like the that. opening band. You always made sure we had a pizza. You helped load our gear. You didn't have to. No one else would. Mm-hmm. And you'd help us load our gear in our van. And you were always nice to us. And, and it, but it, it, that is in your personality. That is mm-hmm. natural for you. That's the best way that you like to do your job. You weren't going, you know what, crap, I've got to be nice right no. now. You just, no, I, that is who you are. I, that's I, what, plus, I worked good. around a lot of the early 80s road managers mm-hmm. and that were pricks. Yeah. Like they, they, the whole thing was yelling, screaming. There was throwing, you know, just tantrums. And that was the, usually the production manager would be that kind of guy. And he's, production manager sets the tone mm-hmm. for the tour. Road manager sets a tone with the band. He's got focus on keeping them ready to perform yeah. at the top level. The, the production manager sets the tone for the tour. So I've seen tours. I worked on those tours where the production manager was an asshole. You usually filter to the rest of the crew. Yeah. Road manager, production managers would come in, pretty cool attitude. You know, as long as you had your act together as a promoter rep, mm-hmm. it, it was a great day. And still to this day, some of those production managers are really great friends of mine. Um, and I really liked, I did the best. I didn't kiss ass to bands when they came through my venues. Yeah. I just did a really good job for them. Um, I didn't go out and party with them at night. It wasn't never my thing. It was just do the best work you possibly can do, appreciate the work you have, and then go to the next thing. And I'm still trying to do that. I still try to. Um, sometimes you know, my attitude can maybe, you'll never see it. And I'll, I'll let it off on the bus a little bit. Uh-huh. But... You know, those frustrations come when it becomes a big distraction. Mm-hmm. Where last summer, I was dealing with a lot of things last summer, and I learned a lot last summer how, you know, I, you can't take on the world's problems. You can help try to take on things and do better by them mm-hmm. and learn from them. But I was taking on all this stuff going on on the internet and all uh-huh. these things because that's the old punk way try to talk through it yeah. figure it out it can be difficult and I then, saw some things you wrote on the internet last year and thought they were really w- well done and then the inter- you know so I've realized one you can't negotiate with the internet yeah that's right <laughs> you know either you ignore it or you double barrel shotgun it <laughs> you mm-hmm. just don't and I thought you could talk to and you know we're, 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 we're doing things take time it's hard when you're out there and you're out there in the middle of the road you're working trying to put on the show you're trying to deal with all this stuff but you just step back from it and you know we're bringing things out like i see there is issues with young bands on the road mm-hmm. uh, mobile devices phones are the worst thing you know? it's bad yeah apple iphones used to be great when the phone they'd always die by six o'clock at night <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. the majority of the trouble trouble comes later, comes yeah, eight yeah. nine ten o'clock mm-hmm. at night or, or later yeah. after a show 
People are fired up, pumped up in different ways. Well, it's, a whole, that, it's a whole dynamic that hadn't been there, but in the last few yeah. years, you know. Yeah, you know what? You know, was the worst was now that you have Mophies and Chargers because the last thing I see so many relationships having struggles out on the road. Yeah, and you can see that. You know, the pacing of the parking lot wow. with the guy on the phone. He's trying oh, to fix. Yeah, he's yeah, trying yeah, to fix yeah. the home problems. You can't yeah, fix yeah. the problems at home while you're on the road. Yeah, you know, you, you get in this thing and you're working your ass off, and you think you're working your ass off, and things are at home with your relationships and you're trying to fix them from the road mm-hmm. and there might be a perception that you're just having a great time out there and you're going, I'm working my ass up because the road is a job. Yeah. It's not all fun and games. So I used to, the phone died and figure it out. But, you know, it's it's now that I can see that I have been through that personally, that's where I can pull the guy over. I see it. And I'll say, hey, you having some trouble at home? Let's talk about this. Okay? Yeah. You can't fix it tonight. Yeah, the thing is the guy, when the first sign is when the guy is on the phone but you don't hear the nature of it, but you just, the guy that does the most amount of time on the phone to his wife or girlfriend, it's not because they're the most in love. That's not why. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever talk, does the most hours on the phone is the yeah. one. That, and, and you get that pacing <laughs> and you see the yeah. pacing. You know, so I'll be sitting under my tent, you know, bus yeah. one night. I'm still out every day and hanging out and, and I'll watch it and I'll just go, hey, you know, come here. What's so you're going? here every night for you two know, hours yeah, pacing. Yeah, I know what, you know, I said, you know, what's going on? And usually they'll kind of open up because mm-hmm. I've had those experiences. I'm, I'm sharing pretty much at this point in my life the experiences of I've had and how to fix them. You know, that's why I'm involved with Music Cares and trying to help musicians, yeah. you know, before they end up with a new knee and a duct-taped ankle. You know, we're all on the road. We're young. We think we can live forever. We don't take care of ourselves. And it catches up. Yeah. And it started catching up with me. And now I'm trying to help. Would you have two new knees? I had a or knee something? replacement, an ankle rebuild okay. because I broke my ankle and we duct taped it together on the road, thinking that's a good way to, you know, wow. and heal. Would you make a splint? A yeah, duct tape? yeah, yeah, yeah. Fletcher from Pennywise, you know, and me duct tape my foot together. Um, smart. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, that's where I'm, I'm kind of like, that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like this summer's warp tour. The lineup to me, we last year was a super, super young lineup. It was mm-hmm. very young, and there was we always had that balance, like you said. You had the old veterans out there, yeah. kind of mentoring the young yeah, bands. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't really have to get involved because if you kind of stepped out of line, the well, band- you set the culture. I mean, you yeah. know, like you, from the from the crew all the way down. Yeah, like and, it's, I mean, it's something you've set and developed and over time, you know, but it, it does run in itself. And, and a, you know, a, Buddy from Census Fail was trying to be so helpful last year. He was mm-hmm. really trying to get involved and help me and. But Buddy has pretty much just, you know, it was about a year and a half before that Buddy was that same young kid. Oh, yeah, he was there in 2005, and he was like a shitty guy. Yeah, yeah. and now he's this person, (laughs) and he's really understanding it. And Buddy goes, where are the people that would drag me behind the bus, the Al Bars from Dropkicks and things, and set me straight? Mm -hmm. Where were, there was no, so this year we're going to see a lot of, like, mentors maybe to this new pop punk scene who have been through this before out with me. And That's band-wise, cool. it's going to be a really balanced lineup. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, and I'm excited about it. I'm, I like it if they give you a hard time too. Like, Les and Jake was, was made fun of us out loud from another stage while we were on stage, you know? But I love that, too, because that's just older brother kind yeah, of stuff. I thought that was that awesome. wasn't personal. No, I loved it. I was, I was honored. It's my wife's favorite band, and they made fun of us, whatever the music was. I yeah, don't know what it was. Yeah, Jake's coming back this year. That's you know? great. They're, they're like a band that's... That means I'll definitely be out there with my wife and, uh, to see uh, it. Well, it's going to be great. You know, when, when does this air? I don't want to give too much of the... Uh, I'll put it out today or tomorrow. Oh, I, that's so what I've been trying to do lately. So I just gave away one band. but I'll wait or bleep that if you want me to. Or like it be the sneak peek exclusive. It's like going to be a fun fun summer it's really going to be a lot of fun and uh that's what i said i have to bring last summer wasn't so fun 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's serious business and things, but I've always found some fun in the business. Yeah. And, you know, we had these issues. And now we're trying to address those issues. We need to mentor the young artists Good. and the fans that they can stand up for each other. And there's responsibility yeah. to be on the road. And, uh, you know, in all joking aside, you know, when I talk about the phones or something like that, you know, the adolescent brain, there's so many people touring uh, that are under 25. And when you give it fuel, like, yeah. and power, that yeah. whatever that is, it's, it's dangerous. Fuel, yeah. freedom, yeah. and energy. Right. We used to have freedom and energy on the road. And now there's just this fuel to this, you know, things. And yeah, there's bad eggs. Yeah. We had bad eggs in the early Well, country. I mean, you just take a person that's not quite in balance and then add to them and fame before their brain is all the way developed and, and, and they don't and have no experience. And no one's taught them the yeah. repercussions right. of things. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, so that's what I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to mm-hmm. expect the repercussions of what can happen so quickly to people's lives. And I always say it was like the best description was, you know, Back in the day, it'd be like if you really after a show you're pumped up. Everyone's pumped up. You walk, you've been, you walk off stage. You feel like you're, you know, just at, mm-hmm. on top of the world. You know, um, I don't, you know, it might not be. You're just the energy, the adrenaline's there. Yeah. Maybe mix in a few beers or something after a show if you drink. Yeah, beers. maybe a few. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, it's you put yourself in situations mm-hmm. and people are you're in and music can attract that. And you think that oh, it's great to send inappropriate photos on your phone, but you're pumped up that night. Now it's instantaneous. You're sent them and they're gone. And then they're out there forever. Whereas before your brain could catch up because if you wanted to do it, you would have, uh, you'd have to get an instamatic camera out of your bag. Yeah. I mean, certainly there's no photo. Right. Then the next morning you'd wake up and go, I have to go to the one hour photo. Do go through these steps to where your brain would catch yes. up and say, well, you know, the bad idea. And none of that is an excuse either. No, it's but, not. but it's, but at the same time, the mentality you have to take is, uh, do I want bad people or people that are a little off to fail, or can we not help them proactively? I mean, yeah, you know, I, you, are we just looking for to vilify and say who are the crooks and get them, and ho- hopefully they do bad things, or can we help people not make bad decisions? So this summer we're we're, we're traveling with two people from A Voice for the Innocent. Mm-hmm. We've wrote a course that all young artists on Warp Tour will be, let's say, as I say, encouraged uh-huh. to attend. You know, interesting um, to help them. Just to, and then we'll be out there for when the fans every day will have a ta- they'll have a tent on the tour. So if any fan ever feels like they've been put in a bad That's situation, good. they can come to them and we can give them information on on how uh, to help them too. That's so good. That's all I know how to do. I can't fix the world's problems. I try to fix things that are within mm-hmm. our, within the world that I have some influence in, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to keep doing. And you know, in the long run. Um, you know, there's going to be detractors. There's people who are going to say horrible things about me or whatever. But I'm at that point in life that bring your life and stack it up against mine any day mm-hmm. and see what I've done for this, for, you know, done in this world. You know, um, I'm not perfect. I've got problems. I've, I've, you know, I wish I, you know, there's no perfect people. And, uh, but I think in the long run, the good of what Warp Tour has stood for for 22 outshadows any of the well, I, don't, I don't think there's any by, question by, about that by a thousand times yeah. so we you know that's you know where I'm at now you know really my life's that way now you know I'm, I'm enjoying um, we're bringing back Taste of Chaos this year which is going to be cool how I about think. outside of, of, of music itself do you enjoy doing any other kind of business or investing oh, well, you know, or I, development well, I, had a, I had a brewery that was pretty uh-huh. successful called St. Archer Brewery and we sold it to Anna, um, to uh, Miller Coors oh that's great this year uh, we're launching a coconut water coming up here next month um, I've got a small investment in a 
bamboo toothbrush company uh, that's uh, interesting uh, biodegradable toothbrushes so you like developing products I mean it's, it's kind of it's, it's like uh, what do you think about from starting a business that was so different for you know 22 years ago to now with the investment and capital and startups does that does that does that stuff seem solely separate for you or does that feel like what you've always been doing is this startup I've mentality? always started but I've always done it with my own money mm-hmm I see. That's yeah. how it's always been. Never right. gone it's out very and raised DIY, money. DIY. If I, you know, can save a little bit of money, I try to still try uh-huh. to do something different. And when and I started Warp Tour, it was with my money. Yeah. And I lost almost all that money. After working 13 years in the club, 300 shows, mm-hmm. uh, we were living in a small house up in Claremont. And, you know, that first, after that, we were paying, I paid, you know, the mortgage out of a change jar uh-huh. uh, and went right back to work in the clubs. And we, we, we built back up. And I saw that it was, you know, people, so enough that's people that's quite different than, when, than startups are today with know, capital when, raising. Yeah, when Pennywise and came and said so they want to do the tour, no effects. Mm-hmm. I go, wow, it spread out of that parking lot that first year. When the crowds were small, the bands knew it was different. Yeah. What about, are you interested in any stuff like that? And uh, do you do investing in stuff like that? Or do you d- even, do you care about like stocks? I mean, you no, don't you seem know, like a money guy. I'm just no, curious. You know, like, you, you have, you know, you have, I started saving a little bit of money when I was uh, 20, just a little bit every month. And that did that. That whole thing about they say that it adds up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's there. But the, really that's to get my kids through school and, and, and be able to 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 enjoy ourselves. I don't live a crazy life. I, I you know, and um, got what I want and it's, it's okay, you know. But so you would rather go, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but instead of climb things in business and financial, you seemed like you're more interested in things like education and awareness I mean, of there, uh, there's, and there's financial responsibility you have when you have children and of course. you have a family and, of course. and things like that. There's, and, and then employees that you have to pay every week. Yeah. There's a financial responsibility you have, but you I'm not driven by money. Every time I'm, I made, I'm saying doing the education yeah. type stuff that you're into seems, you know, obviously yeah. shows that that's where you and people lean. go well, and people go well. You get paid when you come there, but I go well. I pay yeah. for my airplane ticket. Yeah. I pay for my hotel. I the time two days mm-hmm. to get there. So yeah, you you have to put some sort of value on what you do. Mm-hmm. But I think I like I said I, when I go to college campuses, I don't just speak for an hour and a half. I say I'm here all day. Let's talk about marketing. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. Let's talk about business. I'll talk to your American government. Yeah. Let's spend a whole day here on your campuses. And people go, wow, Kevin just spent nine hours talking to us or six hours talking to the school. That was cool. Yeah. Do uh, what, what else would you like to accomplish, you know, in the next in 20 years? You know, and that, oh, the God, you know, that's the thing about almost DIY. You don't really have super long term goals. Right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, you know, DIY is. This like, is what I'm know, doing right now. I'm doing right now. Yeah. Figuring out what, how to get to this next year. Right now, I'm focusing on putting out the best warp tour next summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this taste of chaos should be pretty cool. Maybe a couple other things. Getting a couple of these brands off. I'm focusing almost. Sure. And that's, I think, with DIY guys, we're not looking, you know. It's nice that you start to think we're going to live that because I don't think any of us started out living thinking we're going to live this long. And then all of a sudden you get there and now I'm 54 and I go, God, Jesus, you know, I really want to do more things. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just going to find, you know, they'll come across. But when you force finding stuff, I think sometimes you go out, you're, you're looking too hard. Well, that's very, you miss what's right underneath. That's a very in. I mean, I guess you could look at that as a very present and in the moment way to look at. It. Like people will tell you, well, you need goals and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine that's true. I'm similar to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real. I'm really excited about this year, and then I can imagine next year. That's and, about it. But I think that's a good thing in the sense that it is present with right now versus like painting yourself to say I deserve this or I want to have you know that stuff. So 
I don't know if that's as grounded of a way no, to be, but and, you know, it's. But every, you don't have anything that you hope every, to. Like I wish I one day could. I think more for me, it's you know being able to take my wife and my family now to some of the places that I have been those parking lots. But mm-hmm. I know that there's more to those that yeah. part of the world than those parking lots. Uh, I think there's things you know. There's a lot of lot of. Like you said, you could help tackle it. Like I always said, I want to go to a small town and really get involved in their environmental needs or their school needs or build things like we have, you know, a community, mm-hmm. work within a community to help make a community better. And I don't know where that community necessarily is, uh, but, you know, one day you'll feel it, hopefully, if you cr- drive through it. Do So how about legacy then? Is that something you think about? Like Kevin Lyman was uh, this. I think it, if, if, if I was, I'm hoping, like Kevin, you know, Kevin Lyman, kept the majority of his integrity through a really mm-hmm. tough business. That's all I care about. Would you, here's a question I like to think through a little bit, is that, would you rather have, be able to accomplish more and th- everything go the way you want it to, but then when you were gone, you the things that you made still existed, but your name was taken away from that? Yeah. Or is it more important to, to that your name is attached to this? I don't know. You, you know, that's people ask with Warp Tour. I just don't know if Warp Tour in this state of the industry, mm-hmm. um, because I think there'd be 27 warp tours if if people could figure out the economic model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it doesn't make sense for the majority of things. Um, I don't know. You know, my legacy really is going to be, you know, my daughters. You know, who have now grown up. You know, my daughter was grown. I think she was like 18 days before we went on the first warp tour. Oh wow! You know, That's awesome. um, and now she works on the tour, running the nonprofits mm-hmm. on the warp tour. Uh, my younger daughter works as a production assistant. Really loves working out on the road and puts in 12, 13 hour days. And she, when she started out, when she was 14, 15 years old, uh, kind of just showing them that it. You know, it is. It, it, you hard work is still a good thing. There, there are no shortcuts really for success. And so, you, it means something, obviously, that you, uh, you know, that you have your kids in that world, and that you oh, trust yeah. the everybody around, and that you want them to follow and do those same things. You think they're going to continue to want to do, be involved in this kind kinds of things? You know, I don't think so. I think, or they're going to have other. They'll have other things. I think there's their their own other things. Um, it's nice because when I started this, I never thought I'd get to spend my summers with them. That's you know? amazing. And, you know, as we kind of tend to start wrapping this thing up, it's like you know, it's like I, you know, for me to be able to say that I get to spend the summer. With my daughters now. Oh man! This, and how, how many, many dad, people would trade? How, how many dads can say that their daughters kind of technically want to hang out with them? I don't know if they, they like being on work, but they like hanging out well, with. Them. It's way we, better to work with somebody yeah. than say, "Hey, it's time for me and you to hang out and let's yeah. sit across, let's do something, doing yeah. something together yeah. with yeah. your yeah. family so, and friends." So is the those best. two months are really important to me now, uh, I, and yeah. um, I, that's what I look. I, that, you know, I got to spend those two months. Every, yeah. Every so summer. you really have. Instead of following any kind of traditional models of stuff, you've been disruptive in a way that's allowed you to really customize your life. And, you know, it's like it's a very immersed 360 kind of life from your bit. It's not like you do all these hours in the office and come home and see your kids. Yeah. This is, that's way cooler than that to yeah, work with you know, your daughters I'm, on warp tour in the summer. That's yeah, it. That's we get, it. We get to do that. And, you know, but I really still, you know, like coming home and having dinner mm-hmm. at home, you know, and, and, and you know, Getting to go out, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I would have been that production guy that would have been on the road 10, 11 months a year. Mm-hmm. My life would have been totally different. Yeah. Um, I was making a lot of money back then. If it was just about money, when I was getting paid 
big. I was that top guy doing arena shows. And, you were a production man for like Stone Temple Pilots yeah, and things stuff. Like, you know, yeah. and I had you know That's Nine Inch Nails, and you know it, those guys pay pretty well. But it wasn't. It, it wouldn't have been. I don't doubt if I'd ever be sitting at a table like this at this point. Right. I, I probably You'd still be there or, or, or dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably dead. You know. Well, that that's incredible. And again, I really appreciate you having me over yeah, to great, your place. I've really yeah. enjoyed getting to talk to you face to face like this. That's well, the most I've been able your, to do. Uh, time down here, and you get to go home tonight. You yeah, I'm not yeah, we, yeah, we're playing tonight. I'll be home later tonight. It's kind of incredible awesome. that that you can, uh, you know, kind of just. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, a dream to me would be to keep designing my own career. Like I have been able to a little bit, and then I got a two and a half year old daughter, so oh, awesome. I'm hopeful that I'll continue to do stuff and be, you know, and they grow, the path they, you're on is one and that they is very attractive. Very, to they me, grow up so. very quickly, so yeah. you know, enjoy that time. All right, well, thank you for your time. Thank Kevin. you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, JabberjawMedia.com. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.